fire. Let's play the jingle and we'll get started. Alright, welcome to the Broken Campfire, which used to be an object of power until our janitor broke it. I'm your host, uh, director of the Federal Bureau of Broken Campfire, Andy. I'm joined by my head of security, John. Hi, it's great to be here. How you doing? How's it looking, John? It's it's looking good out there. Alright, good. It's looking safe. Good. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. I'm also joined by my head of research, Flask. Hello. Flask, you got any updates for me on the thing? Uh, it's fucked. Oh, yeah, alright. About the same as earlier. Many people uh, are dead. Also, currently in the room is uh, Vito, uh, Vito, our janitor. Just letting you know that uh, we're going to be recording a podcast. Don't mind us, though. Just keep doing your thing. Aye, aye. And we have one guest, actually, today. Somebody who hasn't played the topic of discussion today, Control. Uh, Greg, you're just visiting the facility here at the Potus House. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I don't care about this game, but uh, I like my friends. All right, that's a that's a great energy to start the discussion of video game control. <laughs> and you it's going to be a me, dude. <laughs> that's good. It's going to be a heavily spoiler filled discussion, so I wouldn't listen to this unless you'd already played it. If you wanted a few words on it, we touched on it in episode one and two of the podcast. Um, the game was just released in August 2019. It was made by Remedy, who have gained their fame first with Max Payne, then I think most of us here played Alan Wake. I think yep. it resonated with most of us pretty well. Um, yep. Good game. Um, and Sorry. they had a middling received game called Quantum Break <clears throat> a couple of years ago that uh, I haven't played, but uh, apparently was a major gameplay inspiration for contr uh, for Control. Has anyone played that? I played uh, a little bit of it. I do right, not. Cool. I might go play it now. All right, cool. So the one guy who didn't play right Control now. played a bit of Quantum Break. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the plot of Control is that it takes place at this uh, location called the Oddest House. Uh, or, no, it's, it's called the Oldest House, sorry. Um, it's very old. Maybe the game. Which is kind of this, like, large labyrinthian house maze type thing that um, is glued together pretty much just by gameplay convenience, uh, where it houses the uh, Federal Bureau of Control, which is basically the FBI for the paranormal. Um, who have been operating in secrecy for some years. You play as Jesse Faden, um, who, for you find out later, is basically being guided by some other type of being uh, towards the Federal Bureau of Control. And in the first few minutes of the game, you witness the then-director of the Federal Bureau of Control kill himself, and you become the director. And you get launched into this conflict of uh, trying to find your brother, who you suspect uh, is being held there, as well as resolving um, an infestation of what's known as the Hiss, an otherworldly type of a infection that's turning all the normal people into weird, creepy, ghosty things. Um, yeah, so it's a third-person action-adventure game. It has some light Metroidvania elements, uh, and it's, uh, as I said earlier, I think the gameplay is mostly... From what I hear, an improved version of what was in Quantum Break, featuring um, powers to 
uh, kill your opponents in a mix of gunplay. So, you know, let's go ahead and get into the mix of it. We'll start with uh, discussing the gameplay here. Gameplay. Yeah, um, um, I mean, I thought the gameplay was, was pretty simple, um, and it's kind of just... I don't know it's simple gameplay used to explore uh, like a really uh, really well built world. Um, I mean, I had fun with the gameplay, but it definitely wasn't the the main draw of the game. Um, I, I I had written down serviceable. I definitely think I I think a, a little bit more highly than that. I think that the game is gameplay is mostly serviceable, but it has some really high highs. And uh, playing with the powers is a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's a pretty good third-person action-adventure game, even if it doesn't feel all that, you know, new, and some of the parts don't really come together. Yeah, it doesn't um, really do anything particularly novel, but the things it does keep it con- consistently fun, you know? And as you get the powers, it definitely is is very satisfying to play, I think, when you, when you like, nail something, when you uh, clear a room of enemies or something. It, it feels... You feel powerful, I would say. Yeah, I like. You, you guys want to just start the with uh, talking about the powers in? Kind of just got brought up. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, launch is like <laughs> the main thing. La- I would launch say. is like the whole game. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> launch and levitate. Really, I mean, I I think launch is is a first off, it's a lot of fun to use. Like just throwing stuff at enemies never got old for me throughout the entire game, but maybe more relevant. It's also just the best combat option you get, or you have throughout the entire game, and it's the first power you pick up. And mm-hmm. one of the, I think there's only two powers that are actually uh, required, and that's the first one that is. I think it's a completely acceptable choice to put that right at the beginning, because then you have fun throughout the entire game, and you keep building it that power up yeah. to be more fun. So I would have. You know, I, I like that better than getting it. You know, in the eleventh hour, I don't. Right. I don't think it's necessary to withhold that. Yeah, dash. Key. Dash was also dash. A, a big one. I mean, that, you know, you're constantly it, dashing. Yeah, that game. That dash is fun. You know, any good Metroidvania light game has got to have some good movement tech. It reminds um, me in, in Champions Online, that you can you know get the transportation power to fly, but you can also get teleport, which gives you like a really short range teleport. So in Chainman's Online, if you get teleport, you end up having to like, like, bamf across the map in short oh, bursts. Oh, like chain teleport across the entire yeah. map. You're just flying, but worse. <laughs> so that's what it reminds me. Of. Yeah, and I kind of wish you could just like hover faster sometimes. Well, that, uh, that was well. Unless I think John, did you have something to bring up here? Well, yeah, I was going to ask you guys which um, which abilities did you bother leveling up because there was there was a few like the possession i didn't even i don't think i put one point into it didn't yeah. care i never I put any points that. into uh shield she, uh, i think uh, i did i think i did shield after i had uh max points in launch energy and maybe i put some into health but uh, I, was... I didn't max out um possession but there's definitely a viable like uh play style where you max out possession, and then there are mods that make possessing enemies really fast and really mm-hmm. easy to do. And I imagine, and, and you could possess more than one enemy, right? Um, and larger enemies, so I imagine that 
that could be a fun way to play the game, but it's so much easier to shoot and launch. I was a launch boy. Whoa, launch, yeah, was, launch and levitate. Say, I definitely, I use possession sometimes because, like you said, it's fun. And there are ways to make it a little easier, but kind of similar to John, I pretty much, I leveled up launch, I leveled up levitate, I leveled up energy, and, like, everything else was an afterthought. I didn't yeah. feel like, I honestly don't feel like I needed any more points after that. Like for the rest of the game, because I barely use shield. I mean, I I never use shield ever. I think I, I used barely to... use. I don't think I did Z's. either. Um, I used it during one of the boss fights for the the plant, the giant plant. Right. Yeah, yeah. The down in the what? What's it called? The very bottom of the facility. I don't mold know, one. Sewers or something. Yeah. 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 Mold um, the moldy one. And I I didn't really feel like I needed health all that much until the very end of the game, and even then, if. If you skipped, like, some of the harder bosses, like the some of the side quest bosses, you probably wouldn't even need health all that much. Um, you definitely... The beginning of the game was, was slow, gameplay-wise, for me. I mean, once I got yeah. all the abilities, I think I told you guys, you really start to feel like this telekinetic superhero, and, you know, it starts to feel more like a, like a superhero game, like a superhero right. origin story, and uh, some, some of the coolest agree. gameplay things are... When you're having these telekinetic battles versus um, the the telekineticus uh, types, and you're just floating in the air, tossing stuff at each other, <laughs> and it's it's something that you know I haven't really done in the video game, and it was awesome. I wish I had gotten to that uh, a lot quicker. I think levitate came Same. pretty late in the game uh, for how much it like both changed up the gameplay and also made it more fun. I wish I had, you know, it, it's it's. It's hard to say that, like, I wish that you just gotten all the powers in the first two hours, because, like, obviously, progression doesn't really work that way. Yeah, it's a video but... game. That's how these things go. Yeah, but, but um... you know, the game definitely feels like you you finally get there when you get Levitate. And in I the heard... beginning of the game, I was, I was mostly skipping through enemies if I could, because I didn't find it that much fun until I got all the abilities. And then I was like, oh, shit, the gameplay's fucking solid. Right. I had heard I, a tip I before like... I played that said... You know, don't worry about doing too much of the side stuff until you have all the powers. And I'm glad I read that because I I definitely saved like a lot of the stuff until I had like levitate, and that plus dash. You know, having your whole suite of uh, movement or power or powers in general made traversing the game a lot more fun. I made combat encounters a lot more fun, even if I did you know for ninety percent of it just use levitate and launch. I personally like the ramp up of your abilities and found it fun from the beginning to fight enemies. I think I, I would feel why. different if like the ability like if any of the abilities in between launch and levitate felt all that consequential. Like mm -hmm. shield for example felt important like right after you got shield because of course they threw they threw you a gameplay sequence where you needed it. But I think after that I never needed it. And I like, don't think I used it once after that sequence. It was yeah, just wasn't necessary it. at all. It, yeah. It's just not very well balanced. Like, there's just too much stuff coming at you. You know, there's too much... There's To do well in the game, there's too much an emphasis put on moving a lot and moving quickly and, like, not letting yourself get hit. For me to, like, justify standing somewhere with a shield on, like, why, why, why would I ever do that? Or standing somewhere to, like, possess somebody. Which I did, mostly because, like, somebody would just, by chance, happen to be low, and that sounded like a fun thing to do. But it's not like I needed to do that, you know? To me, the progression of the abilities dovetails nicely with, like, the, the progression of the story. Because 
at first it didn't bother me at all that like all i could really do was kind of shoot and throw some minor objects because yeah. i felt that way as jesse like in the in the bureau fighting these enemies okay, this yeah. horde of enemies I, I and then as it progressed and she got more powerful she's like grew to understand the nature of her foe more and the nature yeah. of the bureau and everything right. powerful so it, it felt like it was going together nicely paralleling so that worked for me completely yeah yeah, I can see that. I think I'm just an impatient gamer. Yeah, I think I'm <laughs> somewhere awesome. somewhere in the middle, but more on Flash's side. Like, I, yeah, I feel like once you did get the level tape, everything did feel like it just locked up and came together. But I also mm -hmm. would wonder how they would change the level design, because once you got level tape, you could cheese your way into a lot of areas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. It would erase that, that Metroidvania structure. Um, yeah. While, while it, we're on gameplay, you guys want to talk about mods? Yeah, I was... I was going to say about that them. there was just so many of them, and like and the fact that they ramp up like slowly from like one to like thirty five percent, like it's obnoxious. And I pretty much only ever used like two kinds of mods, like launch and energy mods. I think were pretty much the only thing I ever used in that game. Mm -hmm. I think I like I feel a little differently. And I really? hate like I I I like the idea that. Maybe on a different playthrough, I could choose a different set of mods and completely change my playstyle. But like I said earlier, I just felt like the launch levitate combo was just so effective that I never felt like branching out. Like I never, it's not even that I felt like I didn't need to branch out, but I just felt like what I was doing was like almost too good, you know. And I know like, you could find them on like bodies, but if you tried to make them, they, they were expensive. They yeah. cost a lot of resources for something random, and most of the time you wouldn't even use. Exactly. I never, really I made never made a myself. mod. I did it like I did it once, once and I was like, "This is a ripoff." And it's yeah. random, right? It's a random, it's a completely yeah, random. Exactly. I mean, you get to like a choose like a, I think maybe a weapon or like energy Personal. or whatever, you know? Yeah. And and doesn't it like use the same currency as like buying upgrades yeah. to your weapon? There's yeah, it's the exact sure. same. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that does not fall through well at all. But and, and on that note, the upgrade. Well, I, I guess I should move on so quickly. Anybody else have anything to say specifically yeah, just like about well, the mods? For the mods, I, I overall I think the mod system was broken. Um, I did not care about mods for most of the game. You know what I actually did? So you could you could either uh, craft mods or you could upgrade the tier of mods that you could craft. I spent the entire game just upgrading and I only started caring about mods once I got to the highest tier. And then I felt like it changed gameplay in a in a big way. Um, but like but you that's said, because you didn't use any mods beforehand, right? Or you didn't really I've, care about them. I mean, I was using, I was putting mods in the slots, but I wasn't noticing, like, any, I don't know, tangible effects. But once you get to, um, like, the prime mods and the rare mods, um, they were really affecting gameplay. Like, you know, I, I would create these different builds um, depending on what kind of enemies I was fighting, and they really, like, turned the tide of combat. Like, I could make, a like, a dash... Um, loadout where I would just load up with like three mods that improve my dash um, uh, the energy required to dash or the I feel energy like I did that to some to, extent as well to launch and you, yeah you could really um, like branch out and create these different um, combat types and it worked um, and it was fun and I definitely needed to do that I mean I, I thought the game was reasonably difficult and I needed to do that for certain bosses and certain certain enemy types yeah, I was kind of I was kind of neutral on the mods, except that I wish it hadn't been in the game at all, like the whole system. 
Yeah. I would have been completely fine without that kind of system in this game, but because it was there, I used it in kind of like a passive way where I just made my numbers go up whenever I could and deleted old stuff and didn't really pay much attention to it. Yeah, it was really annoying. Mods to make space. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just got really annoyed. Like, there's just way too many of them. I I hated like my inventory being randomly full, and then I couldn't pick up this thing I didn't even care about. Like, and then whenever I pruned down my inventory, I would delete, you know, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but I would delete 20 out of 25 of them. And then, you know, I I never experimented with the upgrading, the tiers of the mods. That's cool that you can get up there. Yeah, because once I feel like I did eventually find, like, the, the highest tier mods for, like, launch and energy, though, which were the only things I cared about. So I don't know. And those those do make a difference. I what, mean, I uh, guess you guys didn't play with those. No, no, no. I I upgraded them. No, all I mean, the way. we did Which... play with those. Like I like I found them randomly, or like I found them in hidden areas or something like that. No, no, no. Like, I, I upgraded mine to tier tier four and five. What what difficulty were you playing on? I can't remember. Shit. Well, no, no, I'm just saying because I I had Vito's idea. Like well, for the one I went with, I think with, I played I on like with... whatever the normal difficulty was. I, I went with the, the launcher it. and the energy, but I I always did have backup things. So I was like, oh, if I need to, I can change this. But I never got to a point in the game where I ever felt like I I had to. I, that, I had that's exactly of... how I felt. Like I had a few backups. I just never felt like I needed them. There were two points in the game. I think I died like several times in a row. And then one of them was that plant boss fight. And that, that, was, that was a toughie. That was just me figuring out like the dodging. And then one of them was towards the end. I can't remember exactly. It was like the last like uh like crew member or whatever that you find. Um, it's towards the end of the game. It's, it's near the, uh, the, the junkyard site. You know what I'm talking oh, about? I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was going to bring that up later. I that... had a little trouble on that boss fight, too. But other than that, I don't think any part of the game even, uh, maybe I'm, even posed, I'm like, a, a slight gamer. difficulty. Like, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, maybe just the combination of, of, like, way more. Because, I, like I said, I did go to Tier 5, so I had, like, 35 or 45% more energy. And, like, I could whip people faster, too. Dude, I yeah. Nobody stood in front of me. I was just throwing heavies, smalls. It didn't matter, dude. I get. But I, I guess what all. I'm kind of saying is like, I didn't do. I didn't upgrade it at all, and I still found those mods. Like, I don't. I don't know if you actually need to do that unless you plan on having a very dynamic playstyle and want to switch up what super rare mods you have. Like, I had like the 35 percent energy thing, the big launcher mod, like the Primo or yeah, whatever. I, I, you know what? I'm so not you, really you disagreeing with you guys on anything. I I, I just in. I'm disagreeing slightly in that I did find that the higher level mods changed gameplay in a fun and interesting way and made me want to use them. But before that, I think it's broken and um, it definitely needs to be fixed. For no, no, I can agree. That's fair, that. yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah, totally yeah. fair, yeah. I just think that, yeah, if I did would have changed them, it would have changed my gameplay. I guess my complaint was that like I just felt like I didn't need to change it. Yeah. But that's on me, though, you know? If I was like... I didn't get bored though. I was never like, oh, I hate this combat. It's too easy. I was having like, fun I didn't the whole skip game. Skip on the mods. Like I did pay attention to them. The weapon yeah, mods. Right. Like I found that, you know, when I had, um, what's the machine gun spin? That was my had... weapon of choice the whole game. And I had uh, rate of fire, like three rate of fire mods, and that thing just just. I had the same exact. Did you use uh, what was the other gun you used? I used the, like the focus shot. You know what I'm talking about? The charging one. Yeah. Or the, not no. There's one called charge. I don't charge or that pierce. One, Oh, Pierce. uh, Pierce. I think Pierce. I use Spin and Pierce. Yeah, like one super fast, close range weapon, and then one long range, really strong weapon for like bosses. I'm, and, and I'm not gonna lose. lie. I almost never use the gun. 
Like I use the the main the, like the default gun and sometimes Pierce, but like especially after I got those crazy mods you guys are talking about, I like almost never felt like I needed to shoot something and unless I literally just ran out of energy and I just need to put like two or three shots into something to kill it. But like against See, bosses, never. That's and that was going to be one of my criticisms though. is that like there is this huge tree. I mean, not huge. I'm exaggerating, but like there is you know an upgrade path for like your weapons and stuff like that. And I just never felt like I ever needed to do that. I would kind of just do that when I got to a control point because I had a lot of that money and I didn't care about upgrading the mod, so I just buy whatever the next like round of weapon upgrades I could get, and then I'll never use them. Like that's I, cool to hear. Uh, you know, it sounds like there is a branching of play styles because I couldn't play the way you played it because I would run out of energy too quickly. I, I wouldn't be able yeah. to just throw stuff the right. whole time. So I needed the weapons, and my weapons were fucking killer. I mean, sometimes they're better than launching people, so that's neat. I guess we're all just saying we wish there was more of that diversity in in play style. In certain yeah. situations, like with the with the um, the hiss elevated, the ones who float in the air, yeah, yeah, they you know at first you throw stuff at them and they dodge, they it, dodge it, and you're yeah. like, what? I guess I have to shoot them. So for a while, I had to shoot them until I realized that you can. There's a timing. Like, yeah, to you got to yeah. launch the objects immediately after picking them up so that it comes right. from an angle Either that's that, your angle. Or you hold the object until they pick something up and then you throw it and it'll hit them. Right. That too. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that either. I mean, I kind of figured it out like later. You're like, oh, okay, you just got to be quick. But for them, yeah, that's when I got the pierce weapon and I just, uh, oh, I think all three of my upgrades were just for uh, headshot damage. So I would just line those guys up and just take them out in one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it it helps cat. if you get like the the launch thing too, where you can um, pull people who are low on health but not dead. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. that that that's also a big a big trick because you can right. exactly they they instantly die and you can quick launch their corpse into somebody else. That that was one way that I just killed a lot of people just by yeah, chaining shit like that. Big <laughs> you. Yeah, here's Especially your friend, fucko. I think one of the things that makes that playstyle so hard to like drift away from once you get locked into it is that it's just. I don't think the game is easy, but, like, playing that way is kind of easy because the lock-on is very generous, and, like, all you pretty much have to do is just tap E if you're looking generally at an enemy and something is going to hit them, you know? You don't even have to really think about it. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to just, to just fly across the room f quickly, throwing things left and right until you're out of energy, and then you duck behind something and yeah. recover energy quickly, and then you do it again over and over until people are dead. Honestly, like, from the way you guys are talking... I don't really want to admit this on a live podcast, but it sounds oh, no. like I had a way tougher time with this game than you guys did. Oh, no, I think I definitely had a time similar to yours. It wasn't, like, super easy for me, especially certain bosses. Yeah, I died the, a lot. The, I, I pretty much well, only had difficulty on, like, the hard bosses and, like, one area, I think. Well, hold on. Well, I know I mean, that. I mean, I, like, the plant boss and... Wasn't there, like, a giant eye or something like that? The uh, only reason former. that that former was a little bit tough for me is because it kept falling through the fucking floor. Through the floor, yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Floor and I would walk right into the floor, exactly. Exactly. Those two signals were the only ones that I kind of died several times in a row at. Yeah. John, what were you saying? Well, I know me and Andy played it on the, the computer. Flash, did you play it on the PS4 or the, the computer? I played it on the computer, but I have I actually have an interesting point, but continue. Just, well, I was just saying, maybe, maybe that was console. a different. I could see, like, oh, aiming, oh. obviously, is just a oh, little yeah, easier. Right. On the I did computer. only use the keyboard and mouse. I, only I have an interesting point either. about that. I changed. I switched from keyboard and mouse to controller halfway through the game. Oh. Because I was... As soon as I got the the 
uh, levitate power. I found it kind of annoying to, to, to traverse and use the abilities, the transport abilities oh, in really? combat. I switched to controller and never looked back because it was so much easier to manage everything, all the powers. Wow. I found it a lot easier. I did end up remapping a few keys. I think I changed uh, launch, maybe like mouse button four or something. I didn't like where it was at before. I, I did that exact thing. That's the only thing. I, other thing I did. I mean, I thought I felt like it was fine. Like for you some got, reason, you got, just, you, got e, you got E to launch, you got space to levitate, a dash key, and then F to seize. I, mean, I guess you got I, I, like Q or G for shield, but I never use that anyway. I, I play tons of games with these type of like movement things on the computer, but for some reason this one just was not connecting. And yeah. as soon as I switched to controller, it did. I mean, I could definitely understand a controller being a lot, you know, a lot easier to to, uh, to use. That's not surprising to me. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you like them in controller. Yeah, I didn't have any problems with the controller. I mean, I thought the game felt really good playing on a console. I don't play a lot of console games these days. Um, I got it on the console because. I know it's it's graphically intensive, and my computer's pretty old, so I didn't really have any problems gameplay-wise. Yeah, and, and I think th there's some other problems that people have had with the console that I kind of want to touch on later that maybe yeah, I'll you, talk about you later. share about that. Um, I, I also, guess to kind of wrap up the... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Flaz. No, I was just going to mention that. What else, the other thing that makes the combat super fun is the destructible environments. I was going to say oh, that too. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're Full right. Full destructibility. Like, holy shit. Everything. It's so cool seeing everything just get completely oh, wrecked flying through the in air. the course oh, of your battle. The, yeah. the final gameplay sequence where you're going up around that, the polyhedron, whatever it was. Wasn't it called hedron or something like that? Yeah, um, it was. And there's these big satellites, and you, like, pull at them, but they don't oh, actually come yeah. apart. You just grab them, and then you, like, look at somebody, and you fling it, and it just flings this huge satellite across <laughs> at them. God, that was so satisfying. I love yeah. that. And you're in an office after the battle, and you're just like, holy, I just oh, yeah. annihilated this whole room. You can just destroy wreck rooms. Like, I, you know... You're watching one of Dr. Darling's projectors, and you can just throw the projector <laughs> at different surfaces and that kind of thing. It'll, like... Yeah. No, oh, man. And, uh... I mean, I guess we'll... This might be something in visuals, but, uh... The ray tracing abilities on PC, did you guys use that, or...? No. Uh, I don't think... No, I, my, I think I turned it PC's... off because it was hurting my performance. Yeah, mine's not beefy enough for that. Yeah, I don't... I have I mean, a pretty I, beefy PC I and it's like still I turned hurt it my on performance. And I couldn't notice a difference. And then I turned it off, so I don't know if it was actually working or not. Uh, but yeah, let's touch on that later. Um, well, I kind of want to wrap out the, the gameplay section by talking about uh, a couple other things that I didn't really like. And then, then of course, whatever else you guys wanted to talk about. But there, there's also these two things in the game. Uh, bureau alerts, which are just occasional radiant quests that are given to you. Go to this location, kill enemies. And board contracts, which are kind of similar, but they're more selective. You, you choose them at control points. I ignored those entirely after I did like one of each. And especially the bureau alerts that kept popping up on my screen, I wish they weren't in the game. I feel like that is just a bad thing. They're not interesting. Yeah, radiant fun. quests. The rewards yeah. are not are not interesting. And I hate Radiant Quests in pretty much every game. I, I right now, can't think of, like, a game off the top of my head. Well, I guess Mountain Blade. Never mind. 
But, you know, most games... <laughs> Immediately thinks of one. You know, you know I, 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 that was too strong of a statement, but they're bad yeah. rating quests, and I don't really feel like I got a whole lot more to say about it than that. The reward I stopped doing it after a while, and I never did the board countermeasures. It just, it was so annoying, like, especially, like, you would have, like, these... Oh, yeah, they're countermeasures, not contracts, you're right. You would have, like, these, like, cool boss fights and gameplay sequences, then I would get Bureau Alert, Containment. It's like, oh, <laughs> just go away. I don't yeah. care. So yeah, it would happen, I and I would think, oh, something just happened in the story, and then I'd be like, oh. oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I ignored them after Andy... I remember Andy mentioned that they weren't worth doing, and I was a little bit behind you in the game. I think I did one of like each of them, and then stop doing them. Didn't matter. Didn't, I don't think they need to be taken out of the game, though. Somebody out there oh, yeah. might enjoy those, and I, I have the ability to just ignore them. So. Well, you well, and the countermeasures, The, the countermeasures I can ignore. The Bureau Alerts, I think, should just be out of the game. Or, like, toggle I, on. I wish they didn't off. pop up, at least. That's, that's mostly why, why I say that. Like, they, they, I, I think it's an annoying obstruction that... I, I I mean, it's an understanding part of the game that the game keeps reminding you of over and over. I don't, I don't like you know what would be cool is if you weren't using the fast travel network, if while you traveled through areas, it would like pop up and you would have the choice whether to stay and fight, complete it, or move on. Yeah, sure. Something like that. But that's worked. all it really needs to be. John, I think you had something to say. Uh, Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I mean, they sucked. Yeah, what do you know? They were bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they make it sound important at first. I was like, oh, shit, I better get here before the time runs out. I don't want to yeah. fail. I thought it was some, like, Dead Rising kind of thing. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I don't want to exactly. fail. Exactly, I was worried about that. Some and then I got, like, some maybe. shit like, fucking fuck, reward. Be a director. Yeah, but... and then I was like, yeah, they gave me, no, like, practically nothing. I was like, all right, I'm never doing one of these I think, again. I think what happened was I got one of those, and then I, like, while I was fighting a boss, and then I died to that boss, and I failed it. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, if, it's, if I could just fail it like that, I guess they're just not important because there's no way it's going to penalize me like that. And I think that just kind of, like, broke my suspension of disbelief about the idea of, like, oh, I need to be a good director. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about the side mission structure. I think it's mostly fine, except I, I think they did kind of wear on me by the end. I mean, a lot of them are just go here kill all the things that are in this one area that you've been to before. I and uh I like the ones that had like bits of story in them. Yeah, yeah. like the, the, yeah, a little flavor. In the in the prison, the Panopticon, that kind right. of mission. Those those were fine. The some of like uh the janitor's cleanup missions, I was kind of expecting like that to lead to somewhere a lot cooler with how mysterious mm -hmm. the janitor was, but it really just ended up being mostly yeah, just do exactly what the mission tells you to do. There's, there's, it's not really leading anything. I didn't just do all the Janitor missions. I left them on the bulletin board. I kind of got that feeling that they were just similar to the bureau alerts. So they I were, they were definitely a little bit more curated them. than that. They're not. Yeah, that I mean, you get some flavor, but yeah, they're just cleaning up some mold. You yeah. also get a janitor's outfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's um one minor gripe i have i i think that some of the quest triggers for the side missions are a little wonky they you brought up earlier john the guy in the in the coolant pumps uh i don't know if you knew this but he actually doesn't appear there until you get past a certain point in the main story and there's no way to know that because you can get the quest before you get that main story mission where he appears and I spent like 30 minutes <laughs> oh, searching yeah, okay. around I, that, I know that fucking about. shitting area, looking up and down, going in a room that weren't even marked. Well, 
yeah, even the map sucked. But I was like even going beyond the room where the map marked because I was like, well, maybe the map is just wrong here or something. And like, I eventually just gave up because I was like, all right, well, I'm just missing. I'll come back to this later. And then I went through that room, and the, the it's so dumb because like the mission what triggers it. It's not even like going into this room and doing a thing. It's just walking through that room. That room is a hallway to your destination. But for some reason, that triggers the ability to allow you to fight that boss that you were just talking about. And like after I did that, I was like, "All right, I mean that's kind of lame." But you know what that's boss that's are you a, talking about. It's not really a boss. There's one mission towards the end of the game for Arish, I think is his name, where you have to go kill a bunch of dudes and collect their uh, dog tags. Oh right, I uh, didn't do that one. One of them didn't show up until after this quest trigger. That's more of a oh, nitpick yeah. than anything. Oh, I didn't notice that. I did that. On uh, gameplay, still, and, and things that I guess we didn't like, um, we could all agree the map is shit. I it's think yeah. it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty It's funny like, because when I first started, I was like, holy shit, this map is great. But then it's... <laughs> it looks cool. Like, it the looks visual cool. presentation is great. Yeah, but then as soon as you get on, like, the very first area and things kind of get more, like, layered, it, the map It doesn't shit. work. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, I was I seeing you talking about, lost. I was seeing you talk about how you would try to go to an area that looked connected to another area, but then it would turn out to be on like a an upper or lower level. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you wouldn't be able to determine how, like, how to get there. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people defend the map, saying that it's it's a classic video game map. You know, like they're simple. You're supposed to explore. That's why they're a little vague. I don't know if, if I buy that. If your We're map like actively confuses mm. you, it, right. it's not that great. Like I Metroid think a better, Prime, you could have a did a much map, better 3D clear. vertical map like 10, 15 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I think a better excuse would be, and you know, this is reaching. You know, you're in the oldest house, and the house changes, so maybe things aren't exact. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Now you're just uh, look out for map shifts. Yeah, so that happened so many times where you'd be like, you're walking in the corner of a room, and then you look on the map, and you were like off the map. We're like, well, where where the <laughs> fuck am I? Where the fuck that am does I? happen. Another uh, small gripe I had about uh, gameplay is the use of the elevators to get to different parts of the map. I, I understand it's just a way that the developers could hide load screens. A lot of games do this. Um, but I just felt like it, it broke up the fluidity of movement. Um, that's pretty solid in the game otherwise. And then you, you just have to stand in an elevator until you get to your, your floor. And I, I just feel like in a game with all these surreal set pieces, they probably could have switched that out for something a lot cooler. Allow me to use my abilities maybe while you're loading the map. Or, yeah. Well, it seemed like the use of them kind of fell off as you play, as you go through. Like, uh, well, I, I was just about to say, I mean, the, the saving grace there, I agree with that, but, I mean, you don't really need to use elevators all that much, because you you use them to get to a new location, and uh, then once you get to the control point, you're you're doing the movement thing from control point until fast travel to another, you know. I, yeah, but there was a lot I of agree. points where I was searching an area, you know, yeah. using the shitty map, and I would have to use the elevator to find out if, um, you know, I was on the, on the right layer of map. Mm-hmm. I think there's only one location that I can remember doing that, and it, it might be the one you're thinking of, too. I mean, there's or a bunch of elevators. There are, but I think there's only one place that gave me a lot of trouble with elevators. The um, Just north of the coolant pumps, whatever the whole area is called, down maintenance, I think. Um, I don't remember. All right, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I've kind of got my uh, 
tiny thing. The, the amount of times I went to launch something that turned out to be explosive and it clipped some geometry right next to me and took out like ninety five percent of my health. Oh yeah, was yeah. way too many. Oh, that reminds me. Just final comment for me, at least. That satisfying feeling when you realize that you could effectively kill enemies by pulling objects uh, that are behind them towards you through the so that, like it hits them in the back and then on some of the bigger enemies that does like half their health and then now you have it in your hand you throw it on to finish them off i love that yes all right anybody else have any comments on gameplay gameplay is simple satisfying um mods are stupid all right i was gonna uh, say uh it sounds like just mods are completely like shit for that game. I, yeah, yeah. How I does think this it compare would be fine to that other shit game? up until a point. There, I think it would be fine if there was just like twenty five percent as much. Like or yeah, like I was gonna just say, take, it, it just take like a quarter. Just take a, a quarter of what they have. Like re, like take out a lot of the tiers. You know, have like yeah. I was gonna say it sounds low, like there's medium, a lot of them. great maybe, and that make it make that a thing. How does this gameplay uh, compare to what's the other game they made that you said you played? Quantum, Quantum Break, Break is the one that's similar yeah. to it. How does this? How does this sound to Quantum Break? You played the game. Just it um. So with Quantum Break, I only played like about two hours of it because it was not really that great. But uh, most of it was a movie. Also. <laughs> oh okay. So, but it kind of sounds like it played very sim similarly from what you played. I mean. From what, how you describe the gameplay, I do think it's interesting, like, throwing shit at people. I think that sounds really cool. I feel like if I play it, I'd probably be interested in that possession stuff a lot more. So It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it could definitely, be effective it, if you build that way, yeah. It definitely sounds interesting, but, like, compared to, like, what I played of Quantum Break, it kind of sounds, like, similar to how I played. Yeah. All right. Right on. Looking at screenshots, I, I can see how it's similar, but I think... Um, I think control just seems to have a lot more motion verticality going along with it, and that might be. Do we agree that the biggest change the is just more frenetic? Is, the gameplay, kind of similar to Alan Wake, is like secondary in this game. Um, purposely, th maybe. Well, I don't, I don't know about purposely, but I, I think it's secondary to everything else. But I think it's stronger than the gameplay was in Alan Wake. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's yeah, I'll agree to that. I'll agree to sure. all that. I can only shine a flashlight at a shadow ten times before I get bored. I gotta tell you, I did um, play Alan Wake. I did beat it. Uh, it was so long ago, and maybe I was just so small-brained. I don't. Well, you're in the story, right? I don't want to go on a different tangent here, but you're you're like in a book that you're writing yourself, right? In Alan Wake. Yeah, you yes. write it, and then it becomes true. Real. And they, yeah. they, I know they briefly mention it in um a few of the excerpts and control. control. Yeah. Oh, I think we'll get to that. Yeah, oh, probably. Um, so, round out the gameplay section, I just want everybody to give me a quick score out of 10, and do it as soon as I call your name, just your gut instinct. Vito, gameplay, score out of 10. 7. Greg. Sounds like a 7. John. 7-5. Alright, Andy, I'll give it a 6. Flask. A 7, yeah. Alright. You guys could think for yourself too, you know? I would have said seven. I don't know. All I right, mean I've never, play, I've never played it, so it could be like five. To about... Yeah, why'd you ask Greg? He's never <laughs> yeah. played the game before. Well what I'm saying is 
from what I've I've heard, what you Guns said about the gameplay, it sounds like a it sounds like an average game. It's that like I like interest. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, this is the best game ever. <laughs> Just to spite oh, you, I'm gonna boy. be like five. John, look, as the head of security, I know that you got a lot of responsibilities here, and you you know swing a big dick and everything, but. Even though Greg is just a guest, I respect his opinion just as much as, as I respect yours. I'm just here for my favorite Just day. as much? <laughs> All right, well... Equally as much. <laughs> I don't know if I take that as a slight or not, but... Okay. <laughs> all my friends around this broken campfire. Um, let's talk a little bit about the atmosphere of the game, especially because this is a game that is very heavy on that. In fact, oh, I, yeah. I think that might be the defining feature of the game if you had to pick something out. It's just uh, how well it kind of evokes this paranormal, spooky, uh, but not, you know, horror. It still has, like, a tone of, like, funny, lighthearted charm to it that I think was carried over a bit from Alan Wake. Um, I'll say that, like, I'll, I'll just start off the discussion by saying that one of the places the game first really grabbed me was um, after you got the hotline and you get to hear the monologues from Max Payne going on these, like, long ruminations, like, oh, he's smoking his cigar about paranormal stuff. That, I, I loved that shit. The hotlines <laughs> are fucking awesome. That was Max There's, Payne? That's Max Payne. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Trench. Director Trench. Yeah. yeah, that was the same voice actor as Max Payne. And Dr. And, and written is, very uh, similarly. It was it was obviously an homage, you know? Dr. Darling is They got Mark Wahlberg, huh? Shh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Dar Super Darling Star is Alan Wake. Yeah, okay. the, the sci-fi shit in this game was off the chain. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Um, the world they crafted with all these super cool concepts, uh, the hotlines that you mentioned, which are, I mean, you use a phone, which is a altered item, to speak with the board. So, I mean, there's... Every sentence I'm going to say is going to have like eight things that need an explanation. <laughs> Every um, sentence I think, is I think by now we can assume that people are understanding it well game. enough. Right. Yeah. We, I played it or understanding it well enough. We don't need to explain every little the, thing. The yeah, OOPs. I know what a phone is. <laughs> the OOPs, objects of power, the altered items, um, the uh, altered world events, uh, the board, the hiss, resonance, uh, all these these concepts that are created just for this game it's super fucking cool um all those crazy plural nouns <laughs> yeah acronyms yeah i have one um so there's a all these nouns, there's all these collectibles in the game um they take the form of these uh like bureau reports that have um heavy redaction and heavy on. redactions um there's one that i kind of wanted to read that um kind of summarizes a lot about the game. Hold on. Alright, sure. Yeah, so, there's this, like, uh, I'll just read it. For years, the, the Federal Bureau of Control has been wrongfully forcing a philosophy upon itself and its people. This philosophy is known to you all as, quote-unquote, science. We all realize <laughs> that the concepts we explore here are mystic ones, with arcane thinking required to understand them. Yet we insist on using words like paranatural and para-utilitarian to create the illusion of a scientific structure, a tidy little system. Um, the Bureau is desperate to stand with the closed-minded cult of logic and da data that has overrun our society. 
If a thing cannot be quantified, then we dismiss it outright. We live in an age that is openly hostile to faith in the veiled forces governing our reality. So there's like this anti, the science, uh, or rather, uh, paranatural uh, things disguise the science, this theme throughout this game. That's super fucking cool. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think you find... And, and, like that, an and that's old, a good example. I, I think you find an old document about one of the objects of power or something that, like, is outdated, and they say, like, needs to be updated, and it uses, like, thaumaturgy as... <laughs> oh, yeah? As, like, a... As, like, a... Uh, 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 a descriptor for like the uh the form of power it uses or whatever but basically the idea is that like back in the day they did use more sort of magical terminology and and ideas and then it became I more see. scientific over the years there's no uh modern technology allowed in the oldest house that's one of the rules right. along with uh what is it objects that are categorical examples of their type and then, yeah, that's really cool. Like a number two pencil. I, I love that. Yeah, or like, rubber yeah, like a rubber duck, which turns yeah, out to be exactly. a, a altered item or object. It's power. never really explained why the guns that the security forces use are so old. <laughs> like, they use, like, yeah. World War One era guns, and it's kind of... Couldn't they use something right. from, like, the 70s? <laughs> no, like ghost guns. Um, Sorry. I'll say that... I maybe by the end of the game I was kind of skimming the collectibles a little bit just because there's so many of them. It's like um, every minute you pick something up. Like every minute How you pick something up. You. But uh, I'm not a guy who reads everything in games, and I, I read most things. I should say like it really depends most, on the game. Really depends on the game. I read most things like that are you know story related, whatever. I don't tend to read like books and whatnot. You pick up. Uh, this game though really got me in that way. Like I read most of what I picked up until towards the end when I was skimming a little bit. I, I felt like they were really interesting, added a lot of flavor to the world. I, I felt like it was like sometimes e equally creeping and charming. Um, very consistent tone that I felt was executed well. It feels very. Uh, I mean. <laughs> this was going to come up at some point. Of course, the, all the documentation, everything feels very SCP Foundation. Oh yeah, and, sure. Like I know that everyone says that, but that's clearly an influence on them, and yeah. all the redacted stuff and funny workplace, like mundane but obviously wrong, <laughs> like um, containment procedures and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I think that. You go ahead. you. No, I was just going to say, I was going to continue with the cool sci-fi shit. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Dr. Darling live-action videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, that's great. And, and that, you know, pulled straight from Alan Wake, of course. But uh, I loved an Alan Wake, too. Um, just the amount of care that you have to, you know, to, to make those. Record. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not just making a video game, you're, you know. It's, that, those are really cool. Did you guys yeah. catch the, um, I mean, it might have been a mandatory one you had to watch, but the rad 80s live action uh, oh, yeah, dynamite, dynamite music video? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that was, the, that was the great. Hotel. Yeah. And I'll, I'm glad you brought up the motel. That, that That's one thing I wanted to bring up is that that's just kind of like a great example of like how well this game evokes its theme and is like really unique. And it's not just, it's not just like 
synthesizing ideas from, or it's not just like pulling ideas from SCP and like Twin Peaks and X Files and all this stuff. It, yeah, it, it, it is synthesizing though. new cool ideas, like um, pulling the light switch three times to go to this creepy motel where you have to like complete these random weird rituals, and you only get to go really going through like a couple of the doors. You don't mm-hmm. see what's yeah. through most of the doors. Many like, of the doors have never been opened. Sometimes, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's, it's... there's, there's a lot of cool stuff there, and like you, that ties into like director Trench later on. You hear him talking about, um, going to the motel just to think and be alone, and like, oh, <laughs> yeah, those hotlines are super cool. There, there's so many cool sci-fi places in the game. Um, the ashtray maze. Oh, yeah, with the music that was in our intro. Yeah, uh, but even before you are uh, allowed to pass through. you just, just walking like, through so it. Pretty, yeah, so just, pretty. I like that they did that, too. Yeah, I agree. I was and hoping it, that it, there it was, was a some totally sort different of experience, too, before you go or get the CD tape. That was yeah, cool. you just can't get past it. The room shifts and then just directs you right back to where it starts. I mean, that's fucking cool. And, you know, it's a gameplay. It's a... Video game Marvel, as well as it is like a scientific, yeah, uh, or sci-fi, um, cool thing. Um, I like the Threshold Kids videos a lot. Oh yeah, those creep me out. Those, 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 that creepy, was maybe man. the creepiest content in the game. Yeah, <laughs> somehow sure, I agree. Somehow, exactly. Yeah, even though it's completely there's... explained, we know yeah. exactly. Yeah, where yeah no, it, came no from. it makes sense. It's just like <laughs> it's still... Jesus. It's a little much. Some, not, some, not, uh, not. It's not actually a little much, but you understand. I would watch like a like a regular show. A threshold oh yeah, me show. too. There's like done exactly form. in that art style. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Puppets. Other cool uh, sci-fi places in the game. The uh, the luck and probability room. Did you guys explore that? Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was very cool, and it was fun. You know, I figured that out um, all by myself. What do you explain the puzzle? Wow. Self? It's, so what, uh, what's the puzzle? Wait, there's a puzzle there? I just like flip stuff on for a while and no, I was like, there's All right, a puzzle. Yeah, no, there's a puzzle. And it's just fun to figure out that there is a puzzle, and then it's figured out based on these really vague um this vague evidence that's in the room, and I spent like a long time thinking like I might just be wasting my time. This that's, could be well, nothing. That's what and I thought. Figuring it out. Hilarious. I know there was some paperwork saying like, oh, this has to be on for the or like this equals this, and I was like, no, they're just fucking with me. I'm not going to stay here and do this. Yeah. yeah. So this, the you know, the bureau, the uh, the oldest house is this uh, bureau run. It's a you know like a research center, and this room is exploring um, luck and probability. And, um, you know, specifically, uh, what do you call it? Like supernatural luck or um, superstitious. Yeah, they got all these, like, traditional luck items lying around on desks. Yeah, there's the, the Asian cat that, you know, sits on the desk and its hand, its arm goes back and forth. There's a, a, a goldfish, like a golden goldfish or something like that, or a golden carp. Um, there's a horseshoe. There's a lucky Seven charm. Seven-leaf clover. Yeah, so... Um, Basically, uh, you go into the room where there's a there's a table and there's a, a marker board, and you have to. There's a certain uh, order that you have to interact with these items to uh, to get something to happen. What happens? Well, so if you if you fail, if you don't do it right, random things in the room start like falling apart, like. Uh, Think like picture frames will fall off the wall. Things will just randomly explode. It's like kind of creepy doing this whole thing. I think there's thing. sound cues too. Yeah, there's sound cues. 
there's a lot of work put into this one uh, little puzzle. And then if you solve it, I forget what happens. I think you, uh, you oh, you get a costume. It's oh, a golden, uh, yeah. golden oh, cool. suit. But it was just fun, you know, the suit was cool. Yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just It was just so much cool fun there. figuring that out. Yeah, Spent most of the game stuff. as a janitor. <laughs> um, I use the, like, uh, fancy clothes. The the director clothes, I think? No, I don't know. I had, like, uh... I think I'm... It's, uh, you fought the you fought the mirror boss? You fight the yeah, mirror boss? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. the mirror room. That, that was that was a really cool, uh... That was a really great item. one. That was a tough fight, too. The synchronicity lab. Yeah. I, I love listening to the recording and, uh... <laughs> the one guy's talking backwards, and then you bring it into the, uh, or you listen to it in the mirror realm, and, yeah, like, the first great. thing that guy says is, there's something in that fucking mirror! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Did you guys solve the puzzle in the mirror world? Yeah. With the well, pendulums the or whatever? Um, I think I did. There, no, I, a, uh, I went in there, I killed that old son of a gun, and I left. Basically, I guess, in the room or in the in the area where you find the mirror in the the normal realm there is a uh i don't know what do you call it an abacus it's like a desk toy where you pull on one of these uh balls and it's definitely not an abacus that is not not an abacus wait are are you talking about a newton's cradle newton's cradle there's a newton's cradle and you have to synchronize uh like a couple of those Newton's cradles. And then you go in the mirror realm and you do the same thing and basically, oh. um, like, an earthquake happens um, and that you get a costume. But it's all based around this idea of uh, synchronization because it's in the, it's in the right, synchronization, synchronization lab. uh, laboratory. And they're talking about how... What costume do you get for that? You get this real... It's probably the coolest one in the game. It's... Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like this very futuristic-looking slash tribal-looking outfit. Huh. I don't know if I did that then because I don't remember that outfit. But it, it was just cool how you, you could explore these different, you know, research sectors and and find these rooms that are related and do these puzzles um, that have to do with That is cool. The, yeah, I'm glad sections. I'm hearing that I missed out on puzzles, you know. But I'm just glad they put these things... <laughs> no, 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 I'm just glad that they, you know, they put these things in the game, even if they I didn't get to see them. them. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's nice to... No, there's no, there's I, another I puzzle in... Um, I don't know the sector, sex, uh, the sector it's in, but it has to do with sound. And that's where the poets of the fall. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, the, I, I do like remember that one vaguely. Thing. I think I, I think I did that one. I did not do that one. I mean, I think there's multiple ones, but there's one that leads you to a, a band camp. It's like a meta puzzle. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Did you? Guys I, I remember that. You about this? I didn't do that. Like, what do you mean? I, I didn't do it either, camp? but I read about like it. A, like yeah, so you are you sure it's a real one, thing and you didn't read it from? a... No, uh, this this is first. real. There's a puzzle in the game where there's one of these rooms where um, they're testing out the effects of sound on altered items, I suppose. And you can levitate up to the roof where you could go into another secret room and there's like a Poets of the Fall song playing and I forget exactly what you do, but there's some way to translate either the song or something that's on a whiteboard and that leads you to a band camp and gives you a uh, a free download of that band's album, and there's only huh, there's wow. only three uh, download codes available, um, and they're all claimed. Of course, uh, yeah. Just so a really is, cool meta puzzle. Yeah, that is pretty darn neat. That I is really neat. How many and secret it, and, areas did you guys find? Three, I think. Some, yeah. A bunch of them. I don't know. I'd probably say four or five. 
I remember the one with the Alan Wake Easter egg. Yeah, uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the ones. Um, what did um? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Flash. Oh no, I just I, I just wanted to mention. Um, did you? Yeah, sure. about just about the atmosphere in general. I don't know if you wanted to like go into a different. Oh no, I was I was going to um say briefly that I I did think the game had really good music that added to that. We we touched on the music several times already, but just to kind of reinforce uh... that. The soundtrack was great. The soundtrack was great, and it's one of the first examples of games I could think of where the songs have lyrics, they have vocals, and I, it was cool. It was really fucking cool. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't know what their relationship is with Poets of the Fall. I guess their songs are in a lot of uh, Remedies games, and they're from yeah. the same region as the studio, so they must know somebody, but uh, the songs were, were fucking cool. I mean, the Take Control song that we, we started the podcast with, and that musical section uh, in the ashtray maze. Oh, that was yeah, super it's very cool. engaging. The, the, the live action uh, Dr. Darling Dynamite music video, that was super awesome. cool. Yeah. Um, There's another musical section in the game. Uh, I forget. It was another like Poets of the Fall song or something. And there's also the, the original soundtrack of the game that's just this ominous music that's, that's creepy as hell, and I thought it was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Before we uh, started, I listened to some of the uh, original soundtrack for this game, and it's pretty. Uh, a lot of it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's so it's spooky. Well, while you're on that, out. Greg, yes, give me a score out of score out of ten for like the soundtrack, atmosphere, uh, atmosphere in general, but soundtrack. Well, I was gonna. I have a few things I wanted to add because I was looking up stuff while you guys were talking about it. All right, but I just like... asked you, so I need the score now. Oh, uh, uh, eight. Score. I'd say eight. Because right, I really like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a pretty Jesus. low score, Greg. Were you paying attention to us? Vito, you're like white noise to me, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Cue the chanting. But, um... Nah, so I looked you it up. Time. And so after I listened to the... Uh, I like the soundtrack a lot. I also looked up uh, the guy who made the music. Uh, what's his name? I just... Petri Alanco. Apparently he burned a piano making some of the music. <laughs> like on purpose and recorded it. Yes, yes, yes. he was like, playing yes. too fast. Yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> like, oh, uh, I thought you were saying he was just like pissed or something. Nah, so uh, like, here we go. Uh, when the piano is burning, the strings are echoing. Uh, when the heat affects the strings, the tuning starts to drop. It fluctuates depending on if the strings cool down or how they heat up. And it's basically use that to uh, like make it how it is. But it okay, sounds, you know, that's nuts. Yes, so it sounds that's really good. Cool. But yeah, I like that. I like the. Wait, so that. they're recording while they're doing that? Yes. I think that was used during the false credits. That sounds really similar to. Oh, the, that would make sense. Yeah, because there was to the, to the weird sound, discordant sound in the false credits, where it's uh, kind of melting uh, on the screen. But uh, like those are cool. Uh, looking at the bosses, the bosses I really like, like uh, this thing called the former. I'm looking at right now. Oh you yeah, fight him we'll two or three times. We'll he talk about him later. He's really yeah, we cool. We will, yeah. We'll talk about him. Like him, this thing, Mold One. Like all the bosses, they, I'm yeah, a big Mold fan one. of monster. I'm a big fan of monster designing Mold games. One. Me too. And like, I need like, it needs to look like really cool. Like that's that's why Dead Space yeah. is really good for me. And this game looks like it has a good one. And then I looked at some of the uh, costumes, and most of these costumes, I'll be honest, look like shit. Nah, you're wrong. Except for uh, yeah. All right, which one do you like, Vito? Which one's All right, your favorite Greg, again? Greg, 
You're you're wrong. I need that score. I listen. <laughs> I'm just saying. Very give me this, a score. This asynchronous suit is probably the, the best suit in this. That's, that's the one. That's, that's the one, the one, one. I used. Yes. I, I I was gonna say this looks oh. like the best one out of all of these trashy other suits. You didn't see the one with like the it's like a tribe like Which a one, the... tribal suit. Oh, uh, I don't see that one on here. Are you Maybe thinking it's... of the asynchronous one? Yeah, no, you know, no, I, think that's I, the I did use that. No, no, no. There's another one. All right. Um. All right, man. Sure. You know what's funny? It's not in this article about all the costumes. That's what I'm looking. I'm looking at. I think at... it's like a like a super secret one. I'm Maybe. All right, was I... making stuff up. He didn't even yeah. play the game. There's a yeah, all right. Right. We're, wow, we're spending too much time letting somebody who hasn't played the game talk. <laughs> um. All right. Fuck me. Let's then. move on to. Uh, well, yeah, everybody else giving us an individual <laughs> score and maybe some final. I just I wanted to mention. Uh, uh, speaking of like ominous background stuff, I thought like the the constant chanting from the floating possessed people awesome. was amazing. Like atmosphere generator. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Andy you said go, he wanted us to uh, to do the chant. Yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah, but no. Uh, uh, and last, what's your score? Well, the architecture also of the oldest house is amazing. I think the brutalist, like, oh the, yeah, how imposing it feels and grand everywhere you go. Right, yeah, I was gonna say this stuff for. Uh, I have some things to say. Should we? Should I hold them for visuals and performance? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Flask, what's your score? Uh, for atmosphere? atmosphere, it's uh, nine. I guess yeah, nine. All right, John. Yeah, I give it a nine. Nine one. I'm going to give it a 9.5. I feel like it, it's been a long time since I've played a game that's executed that well on that. Vito? Give it a give it a 10. Alright, wow. You're wrong, but whatever. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm going on the IGN scale, so that's like a I feel like you guys seven. prices righted me. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take um, that one. Alright, let's go ahead and... Uh, anybody else got any comments on atmosphere before we move on quick? Good. It good. Alright, yeah, it's good. Alright, we're about an hour in. Let's go ahead and uh, move on into a break. Flash, you had something you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but the whole NSC thing. Did Did you guys? Yeah. The look into Northmore this. Northmore sarcophagus. Northmore container. sarcophagus containment. That was such an. I awesome... love that little thing. That little yeah. piece of world. Building. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a second to. Help the the so the brains out here. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> so the, there's. Um, no... <laughs> The director section... previous, prior to uh, uh, Trench, was named well, Northmore. Do... Okay. I want to build what? it up, because okay. he doesn't know about it. Because this is how I experienced it. So basically, you know the section, uh, you're in the, I guess, the, the power plant? That's where you meet Arish? Yeah, I remember. So it's that big, large, central structure. And on it, it says uh, uh, NSC. 
Yeah. Or no, actually, actually, it says Northmore sarcophagus contains. Well, no, it d- it does say NSC power plant on most of the like signage, but you can find a part up near the top of the main like power structure in the middle. There's this little like control panel area that says Northmore containment, uh, Northmore sarcophagus containment, and there's a control panel like display bank that shows that there's a like a heat signature of a man chained up inside the containment. Uh, structure and you find oh. out through like very very missable side story elements that that is Northmore in there the previous director before Trench and he I, I forget if it was he lost control of his abilities or something he, or... yeah I, he I, was he was going like mad with power I guess yeah. exactly and yeah decided he... it would be best to lock himself up in this 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 sarcophagus to harness his power to power, to power the, the, facility, the, the whole oldest house. And there's such a great uh, little bit. Uh, I, I wrote it down somewhere. But basically, uh, one of the last things Northmore said, or, or something he said at one point, was, at the end of the day, it's the director's job to keep the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I do remember. I like yeah, that. okay. I do remember getting an ashtray, uh, you know, talk about. Someone, I, I remember that phrase. Yeah. I remember yeah. Trench talking about. Keeping the lights on. That that's very cool, especially with how extremely missable it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. He's lucky I missed him. I would have dragged his ass out and launched him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, get uh, going on in the main story proper. So, uh, like I said earlier, the main plot is you become the director of the Federal Bureau of Control, kind of inexplicably. Within the first few minutes of the game, you get power over time. You learn there's this containment breach. Um, the hiss is affecting everybody. Uh, what do you guys think about the plot of the game overall? I really liked it. I feel like the game was really strong in the beginning and was pretty strong in the end. The middle of the game, I think, meandered a little bit. I think the main story took a while to get to where it was going um and it kind of makes sense because really the plot of the game is pretty small like when you think about it you find your brother you find the slide projector the game ends and i know that's like Mm -hmm. a really like reductive way to put it and i'm not trying to reduce it um i think it's a really good game i think that if i were to think about it, there's probably a bit of filler in the middle that would probably be my own only criticism about the plot you're mostly mm-hmm. uncovering details backwards rather than forwards. Right. Like, I mean, even as the game starts, you, you don't know anything at all. You, you've inexplicably shown up at the Bureau, and you're not really sure why. You're not sure what you're doing there. You're not sure why you're the director. You don't know what the director is. You don't know anything as Jesse or as you, the player. Right. And you spend the middle of the game collecting things, basically, and talking to people to find out all the scientific jargon that we just talked about in the last 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah, no, and I, I, I think that it's... I'm not trying to, like, knock it. I think that I, I just think so highly of, like, the intro and the outro sequence of the game that, uh, particularly the outro, I wish more of the main story had those great kind of connecting moments. Or, or those great kind of moments, like... The, the the game gets noticeably more cinematic towards the end. Like, as you're coming up on where you think the slide projector is, all of a sudden, like, the game just kind of, like, 
fades into like this, you know, sequence where like it's panning out on the location and Jesse's monologuing and you see Dylan's face and like fades back to where you're at and you're, you know, you're like, oh shit. All right. right. Things are light heating up. I think the middle of the game was kind of lacking some more of that. I, I think some more segments like the um, ashtray maze, like we mentioned earlier, might have made the main story flow a little bit better for me. I I agree, and I think it does serve a purpose in terms of being like so hand in hand with the world building. They go exactly. so yeah. The world building is so strong on like as a part of the game experience that uh, the story and it sort of have to be equally important, and that like lessens the importance of the main story. It you know all of the side story stuff and all the world building and atmospheric stuff uh, is so huge and so important to the experience. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think the the story didn't need <clears throat> to give you that breathing room to explore and find things and then not find things if you don't go to the super secret areas, you know. And, and, and that breathing room was great. I just think maybe there was a bit too much of it. I don't know. I think it's it's like good enough, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not, good it's enough. It's not amazing. Yeah, I, 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 and I think it's actually great. pretty good, but I didn't really care about the story. It didn't they, like it didn't drive me forward. I didn't really care what happened to Jesse, but all the other stuff drove me forward. Like I, I want to find more collectibles, or I want to know. I was like, I want to know what happened to like uh, science nerd. You know what I mean? Don't I didn't. Really, I, yeah. didn't give a sh- I didn't give a shit about Jesse. Yeah, I guess I I'm in fair. that camp too. I, I didn't care about that the plot that I was involved in, but I cared so much about the. Uh, the world building elements and I just wanted to learn everything I could about yeah. the Bureau and everything about it. Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> Not that's that fair. the story was bad at all. It just was secondary, I guess. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. Like this. I wasn't annoyed. It just it just wasn't my motivating factor, you know? It was just there for me. Well, like, the protagonist and maybe, like, a couple of the other main characters, but usually the protagonist, kind of pale in comparison to all of the other stuff that's being built up around them, you know, like Jesse yeah. and like Dylan, even, even though he's, he's fun as a character, Jesse and, and Dylan don't feel as interesting as everything that's happening around them. Yeah. Well, that, I was, I'm glad you said that. That was going to be my next point. I, I feel like the game is kind of weak as far as characterization goes and it might be stronger than most games. Even I, I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to tell with like how good, the the world aspect is of the game that the care it's kind of hard to tell if the characters are really that bad or not that great or if it's more you know that one aspect of the game is so good that it makes these pretty decent characters look lackluster right, right. but um I, like you said i think that jesse as a character you, you don't really have a whole lot to like anchor you it, it, she's not very relatable and, and you don't know much the, about her. She she's revealed in the course of the story, you know. It, exactly. Like you don't you play as her, but she's a mystery to you. Mm-hmm. Like she she has motivations that you're not aware of for uh, what thirty percent of the game. Of the game. Yeah. Significant. Yeah. Yeah. She's talking to somebody in her head who you don't know who that is. You think it might be and you for a while. Exactly. Right. It's like a quasi fourth wall breaking thing, which we can cover later when we talk about the meta section of the segment of the game. But, um, yeah. And, you know, I think that the game doesn't really a good job, doesn't do a good job of 
delivering these two different characters or these two different versions of these characters, you know, of young Jesse and Dylan and old Jesse and Dylan and kind of like bridging the gap between the two. Like Dylan, you understand, okay, he was locked up. He um, was being groomed to be the director. Then this accident happened and he hurt somebody and, you know, now he's locked up for his own safety. And But Jesse, it's like, I, I think they did tell you some stuff that she did, but you don't really understand like how she developed in that, like from that traumatic moment to where yeah, she you is don't now. Have the context of her history, so it kind she's of... pretty much just like, as far as what you know, she's pretty much just that same person fifteen years later that is now just like at the Federal Bureau of Control, almost as if nothing happened there except like her body physically grew. You know what I mean? Right. We learned through like side documents and stuff that she went through, you know, some therapy. tough times and stuff and therapy and was in like a mental hospital and everything. But we learned that later and it's not really relevant. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, characters that are, you know, they're secondary to, to Jesse and Dylan. Uh, Darling at Trench, I thought the characterization was, was fucking great. I mean, you've oh, yeah, those yeah. guys through the hotlines yeah, yeah. and, the, and the live videos. Um, even like the quest. But, but again, groups. but again, that, that, that you're, you're right. But <clears throat> those characters are almost just more a part of that atmosphere in the world. building. Right. You know, it's almost just like a different thing because they're not, they're not living in bottom ends. They're not living things that are, like you expect you to develop throughout the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're sit they're hidden. They're aspects of the game that are slowly revealed to you, you know? I think the game doesn't do a good job of having the, these series of characters, having a bunch of characters. And when you get introduced to most of the characters in the game pretty early on and developing them, and maybe you don't expect that over a game that like actually probably takes place over like eight hours or so, but still. You do like get insight. Into the world is the character. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair yeah. to say. And Jesse's a vehicle to explore the yeah. world. But you do get insight into her thought process. I mean, she's talking to too much. Polaris. <laughs> yeah, she talks a lot, but you, you yeah, you, you, you get a sense for what she's thinking. She'll talk over characters that are speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but I think that's kind of cool, though. You know, a character will go like, I'm going to tell you what I know, and it'll come to Jesse, <laughs> and she'll think, she's going to tell me what she knows. God, when she, right off the ashtray maze... The song ends, she pulls out the headphones, and she goes, that was awesome. I just was like, shut up. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of people like that, to be honest, but I didn't I'm really sure. not care for it. I just cringed a little. I didn't yeah. see a problem, really. Um, yeah, the side, so... Know, the, oh, go ahead. The, the side characters uh, were, like, you know, serviceable to... I Pretty forgettable, I think. Yeah, like just they basically mission givers. I, I mean, yeah. I liked Emily Pope well enough, uh, but I don't know. She just kind of sat I, in an office the entire game. I kind of yeah, I, she I, did. I, but I, even for a quest giver, she had character traits that I could readily yeah. describe her. She's excited. She was jealous. You know, like for a wrong, quest giver, that's pretty good. I think. I don't think anyone was like bad at all. I don't even think Jesse or anybody was, you know, not characterized enough. I just like in in the context of the game, in the scale of the game characters in this particular game. I feel like the the uh I didn't feel as much, you know, 
connection to a lot of the characters as I might. Have. Yeah. I, 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 I feel that. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them were explicitly bad. I just think that honestly, most of them were forgettable. Like they weren't standout and I probably, I was actually tempted before this started to like play a game where I gave some character personality traits and then you guys tried to guess who I was talking about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about any story. You know, I think, I think it, was, it was good enough. And, you know, it, it's a serviceable vehicle to deliver you the rest of the game, which is amazing for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Vito, what's your score? Main story. Out of 10. 10? No, no, it was a out of 10. Alright, so is that like, you know, give me a number. What, you need a number? Um, I do. Six. All right, John. Uh, seven. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven as well. Flask. Uh, yeah, seven. Great. Seven is a good. Um, from what I've heard, uh, probably a six. All right. All right. Um. Let's move on and briefly discuss the visuals of the game, which we kind of talked touched on earlier, as well as the uh, performance. I thought the graphics were good. Um, Vito, you used ray tracing. You said I don't think I could. No, get no, I didn't I use. Play. I mean, I was oh, playing sorry. on the PlayStation. I was just commenting right, right. that I know it's one of those games, along with like Metro, that are some of the the first to use that ray tracing technology. But I don't know if it's on on the PlayStation. I don't think it is. It no, is I, I think it's, no, it's going to be on the PS5. That's like one of the selling points of the next gen. Yeah. As um, far as uh, visuals, I, I thought the game excelled, and um, it was its use of color and sense of scale that really it looked really uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the, the use of reds for you know his controlled areas, and then these you know random rays of gold and yellow um, yeah. to highlight certain sections. Uh, the, and you know you're in this this. A literal bureaucracy, and then you have these areas that are just you know jutted out with color. I thought those were amazing uh, mm -hmm. set pieces. The environmental design was so good. Like <laughs> I just loved going through all of the areas. It it felt like <sighs> yeah. Again, like we were saying earlier, that 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 realism and... style. You know, the concrete and you know stone areas. Very very simple, but um, but really good looking. Like um, if you went into a uh, a government facility that someone had like, <laughs> like like a person who hates government facilities, like <laughs> their nightmare of what a f facility might look like, like the real one. Oh yeah, know? sure. It's like all these huge towering rooms full of like just rows and rows of desks. And... Yep. Yeah. The um. I, no, some... Yeah. The the especially the room where you deliver all the mail. Uh, and the fake god that room is so depressingly long and full of desks that are identical yeah i love all the yeah. tubing too the uh yeah the network that they use because they can't use more sophisticated technology yeah. where you gotta trace the uh or uh chase the dead letters yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah quest. that was a good one the uh yeah the sense of scale like you had these rooms, these extremely large rooms with like really high ceilings, with usually with like these these huge central structures, you know, like the power plant or 
uh, Black Rock uh, Quarry. Oh, yeah, very uh, memorable set pieces. Yeah, they just make you feel so small, and uh, they, were, they were just really visually pleasing. The um, I, There's a name for them, but I'll just refer to them as the bridges that would take you to other sections of the map. Um, I think they're called, like, in, in the game, they're called, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, safety locks or something like that. It, it's Oh, the area that's in between, or, like, the marble-looking... Yeah, the marble uh, doors would open up vertically. And it's just a void. <laughs> yeah, the, the use of abyss in the game was great. Yeah. yeah, It feels like all of the rooms in the game are like someone was able to construct a serviceable practical room in an abyss. That's how every room yeah. in the game feels. Yeah. yeah like I, someone I, put I a little that. bitty yeah. giant room in an even more enormous infinite abyss. Exactly. The the art direction is is top notch, and again, a lot of influence from uh, things like Beyond the Black Rainbow and SCP and uh, mm-hmm. other sci fi. House of Leaves for sure. That, that oh, yeah. whole book is about shifting. Uh, it, the book is about a guy who buys a house that starts shifting on him, and he starts opening doors that lead to pl- different places and that kind of thing. And um, there's a an, a an indirect abyss. Well, whatever. I still need to read that. I, I need to get a physical copy of that so I can get the full experience. You need a physical copy for it. Yeah. Um, okay, and but the optimization, though, Vito, I think that one of the <clears throat> loudest criticisms that you can kind of unanimously see across the board is that um, um, it doesn't really perform super great on consoles. There's some FPS hitches, um, some maybe some graphical tearing, something like that. Yeah, I had a lot of frame rate drops, especially when there was a lot of things happening. And I've never, I mean, I know this happens on consoles, but I've never really experienced frame rate drops in a noticeable way on a console game. You figure they know the specs, it should be optimized for a console. Um, This definitely wasn't, you know, we're at the end of the PlayStation life cycle, so it's forgivable, and it didn't, like, it it was noticeable, but it didn't, like, hurt my game. It's not like I died. Are you playing on a pro? Uh yeah the, no I'm playing on the the smaller one the slim okay hmm I wonder if a uh, pro would perform better I mean probably you mean but the... never mind I wouldn't admit that I don't know what it's called well I got it on sale I got like <laughs> it's like a hundred I don't know hundred bucks better. all right Avito what's your score for graphics graphics and like art art style and visuals graphics and performance and visuals yeah. I give it a, um, it's so goddamn beautiful. I, I'll give it like an eight. I would have gave it a, a nine or a ten if it weren't for the, the poor performance. Anybody else have anything else to say about graphics and whatnot? Uh, I do have one more minor nitpick. Right. <laughs> uh, did the facial capture stuff like kind of bother anybody else? Yeah, I thought, especially uh, some of the, um, there was a few times Jesse just looked fucking, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if it was Valley really or just like, I didn't like looking at her face. And to I me, can't... all of the heads? Yeah, the, I don't know what her head name sort was. sort of like an... What was like the head of security lady? You know what I'm talking about? Marshall? Yeah, Marshall. I thought she looked, I don't know, dude, something about her face was Something's not right. me out, yeah. Something right. It had sort of like <laughs> an L.A. Noir feeling where they, it was like their head and their face were detached from the rest of their body. Like, their face was so specifically, particularly animated, and yet their body was not, like, their body language would not reflect their facial capture. 
Holy <laughs> shit. I was just thinking how much better a game this would be if like you could just hit X to doubt people talking to you about the hiss and shit. <laughs> Cut the shit, Pope. I know you're lying to me. That's just what it felt like to me that that it gave me that vibe of like uncanniness, I guess. The facials sure. the facial I definitely thought so Jesse looked weird. And I think I googled the actor to find out what like what she really looked like. Was it really a monster? Did she look weird? <laughs> she looked like a monster in real life too. Jesus. No, no, it, the game definitely makes her look weird. I've seen oh, okay. her in something before in real life, but I, I didn't even bother to look it up. She definitely she was in familiar. Quantum Break, I believe. I did not play that one though. Mm. I'm just saying. All right, I, know, I feel like you like TV cool. thing or something. I like that they use the same. Actors. She was in a lot of episodes of TV. I know that. Class. She's been in a lot of different. Stuff. What score would you give this section? Uh oh man. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna say a nine actually yeah I think a nine all right John any good. more words on that yeah I give it an eight all right I'm gonna give it a nine as well I think the environmental Great. design pushes it over the edge uh I look at some of the areas I like the coloring of a lot of the places uh, seven. Nice. I just want you to know while you're talking about this, I'm like, oh let me look. And I just look up like videos of people playing it. It looks like it looks good. I that, can't, that's exactly what we involved, want out of you. You're a guest, man. You're checking it out. You know, you're you're I'm seeing the, for the paycheck, I'm an honored dude. guest. Yeah. An honored guest, I agree. Wait, there's paychecks? Let's not talk Moving about on. Um <laughs> Let's talk I kinda wanted to put, talk about the meta context of the game, not just like what the game is kind of about, but maybe let's talk a little bit about um, theories we might have for the game where we're going to see DLC go and sequel predictions. And Leo oh, earlier end? mentioned, is the game getting DLC? Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I would. It is. So. I the can't remember if it's DLC been confirmed. Is, it's confirmed. Yeah. The oldest house is the name of, or the foundation is the name of the DLC. Ah, uh, right. We surmise right. that it goes to the. The that place where you met Irish at the bottom the of the roots. house. Yeah, the roots with the Ati. tree. What did I say? Ati. Irish. You said Irish. Yeah, the, I meant Ati, yeah. The whiny security guard. <laughs> did the ending feel um, kind of limp to anybody else? Like, huh? the ending felt just, like, super abrupt to me. I It felt agree. like they were so much setting up for a sequel that they kind of let it go <laughs> at the end. Yeah, like, um, I think that the turnaround between Dr. Darling is actually not the bad guy. It's actually Dr. Trench. And then, oh, wait, here's the end of the game. There's no final boss. And I'm not saying you need a final boss. But, yeah, I agree. There wasn't but, one. <laughs> I think the problem was that there was a false climax. And then there doesn't really feel like there's actually, like, a climax after that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and if, the adventure kind of feels, continues. Exactly. Like. It's it's just an abrupt cliffhanger, you know. Maybe that's a budget yeah. thing, or maybe they knew they were going to get, go into DLC or something. But Dylan that's is asleep like. at the end of the game. Like, I don't know. I mean, I I definitely expected the game to go on a little bit longer after I closed off the slide projector. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about what the game is really about. Uh, obviously, the biggest theme of the game is control. And it's not very subtle. Not that it has to be. Um, I think it was done okay. I, I, I'm i still kind of processing how I feel about it overall. But the most obvious hint that the game is about control, other than the fact that the game is called Control, um, 
and there are moments where people talk about taking control in significant ways, but the main character Jesse is pretty much under control of this entity called Polaris. Doesn't seem like she directly controls you, but she's almost like a representation of like a how representation of railroading in a game. Like this the idea of waypoints and everything. Like it's in, it's pretty much stated that Polaris like Jesse is physically seeing these floating waypoints like in the in in her perspective as well as yeah, as we are seeing him as gamers because Polaris is guide is literally guiding her to this. These I feel like she says you you want me to do this, you know, a lot a bunch. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like you want me to go here? Exactly. It's kind of like um, you know, if you take the BioShock twist and make it not a twist and make the character completely willingly complicit with that thing the whole time. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Um and but beyond that I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like the game kind of touches at trying to get to something with Polaris, but you never really find out what Polaris is. I mean, eventually you get to this giant thing called the Hedron and the Hiss want it for some reason and you stop the Hiss from getting it and then it seems to die and <laughs> That didn't really connect for me too much. And that turned out to be Polaris, right? The the Hedron is Polaris. Well, then it turned out that right, like, but what, Polaris what, what was is Polaris? inside her all along. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like... like anime. It, why, why is Polaris... What, why is Polaris... Why does she care about Jesse? Why is she do, telling Jesse to do these things? How does she have this knowledge? Like, what's the goal here? Is the goal... Was the goal the whole time for Polaris to prevent herself from, like, being destroyed... And if so, you, you know, there, I, I, I'm not saying the game has to answer every question. Like, it's better that not that many questions aren't answered. It's just, you know, that's what it is. It, we know that the, we know that Polaris was in uh, the slide that also had the hiss in it, and it was Polaris was like, um, holding the hiss back in that dimension or whatever. That's where right. Polaris comes from. And then when they open the slide door to that dimension. Polaris attaches itself to Jesse. Uh, right. And the hiss gets out. But it's it's unclear like what was going on and why Polaris does the things it does from that point on. Yeah. Why it took so long to find the oldest house and bring her there. Exactly. And, like what's the trigger? And why here? it's like, so was it why ju- it's on the day the hiss got out? Like why is it so conveniently that Exactly. That exact seems to time? imply like a bit of of like omniscience maybe maybe not maybe I'm not giving or maybe not that powerful but like definitely yeah, has some awareness seems to have things. a lot of long reaching knowledge and if that's the case one has to wonder like is it possible that these things could have been prevented in a less convoluted way? And I don't know I, I I'm being honest because I don't know, I, you know. There's just enough. There's enough mystery there that we're not sure what's going on. But it makes me I, feel like Hiss and Polaris are meant to represent like two sides of the same. That's exact literally exactly concept. what I was going to get to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say. But uh, when you think about it, the opposite. The the enemy is also completely under the control of a. Um, entity like thing that is you know controlling everything they do but the difference is that polaris is allowing jesse to retain retain her autonomy and seems to be guiding her it's literally the guiding star right and the hiss is 
seems to be like destroying consciousness and basically removing autonomy and thus forcing like a large creating a horde you know what i mean yeah hive mind or yeah and then what's the deal with the uh the board are yeah there seems to be a, the, 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 the well the board the board seem are, are controlling you you know the board's controlling right. like the federal bureau of control it's like the director i guess specifically seems to be under the influence of the board so ultimately like the board seems to be pulling the strings in this and there seem, does seem to be a conflict that we don't ever see go anywhere, probably because of sequel reasons. But, you know, there's the former. The board mm-hmm. talks a lot about the dissident and everything. And maybe the board was talking about Trench, but I feel like it was a lot deeper complicate, er, implications than that. I feel like there's a parallel there between Hiss and Polaris and the board and former. Like, at every stage of control that the entity above you seems to have, like something else is going on I, I don't know hmm yeah i see what you mean like there's some, there's always going to be some sort of division or some opposing faction or something no matter yeah, there's how some sort of go. hierarchy um you got the hiss uh controlling taking uh possession of people you have polaris and jesse and you have the board and the bureau and then you have the bureau and you know the public because you're reading all these collectibles about uh, the Bureau and how they're able to filter oh, information sure, yeah. from the public yeah. and hide the existence of AWEs and OOPs. Um, yeah, there's control on all these different levels. And, and the, the games uh, are pretty rock solid. The name of the game is Control 2. What? Yeah, good point. So that's. Uh... I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, but that just refers to you're controlling the game. It's a it's a video yeah. game. I, oh, I think I, I think yeah. the problem, or I think the thing here that I, I'm having difficulty like grappling with is that it feels like there should be a lot more to say about this, but it feels like there's enough confusion about what's going on with the ending and enough dangling threads that I don't feel like I have like a good a good grasp on how well these themes are come together and executed. You know what I mean? Like it, I agree. The, mm-hmm. Right. When we talk this about it like be... this, it seems like it's literally just about things controlling things. The game is called Control, and people talk about <laughs> taking control a lot. And that sounds pretty lame, but in playing it and experiencing it, it, it does feel like you're, you're kind of scratching onto something that might have, you know, right. and that might some, be gut, some golden core. Or DLC, or it might end up being I'm still interested. Con- convoluted exactly. like, I see where it goes. junk. Right. Same. I don't think that was their focus either. So that's also lends itself towards our not quite getting there, not quite connecting with it. Because right. I feel like the focus was on like other elements of the game, not on yeah, the themes, exactly. You and know, few few games really care all that much about themes and executing on themes very well. So if this game just has like one really obvious theme that it kind of like revolves around that's that's fine i think i mean that that's more than i would expect from most video games even um yeah i i I, like i said i think it's just a little uh frustrating is not quite the word but you know there's something there and it's like almost on the tip of your tongue and you you know we'll just have to wait for more content to see what it is uh all right but um i kind of wrote down that i feel like the game touches a little bit on themes of identity um i i'm even more 
you know, I I don't want to talk about that until I get into some of my theories later on. <laughs> my theories. My theories. My fan fiction. <laughs> my fan fiction. You're not going to get married. Uh, Flask, I need you to tell me dollar for dollar versus the time you spent and the quality of that time. The value of the game, in other words. Why do you? What would you give as a score? Explain that again. <laughs> so, the value of the game, basically. So, it's a combination of how long the game is, how much you paid for it, if you bought it and don't admit to not buying it, uh, and how good or how well time, how well spent that time was out of ten. So, what format is my answer supposed to take? Just a it's a one. It's a score out of one to ten. If you feel like it was a really long game that was shitty and you hated it, you'll give it a one because it okay, okay. took up a lot of your time. If you like, it was like a really, really, really short game, so short you you don't feel like it was a game at all. You'll also give it a one. You know, if you feel like it was well priced for the content and you feel like, just think about most things that you would buy, most games that you would buy for that dollar amount, sixty dollars for this game. Yeah. If you feel like control is better or worse than that, and rate it accordingly. I, th- I think like eight would be. All right. I think it's pretty good. John. Uh, eight five. Eight five. All right. Vito. Uh, yeah, like uh, I give it an eight five, and the game is short, and there's no, there's virtually no replayability, but it's a game that I'm still thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. That means what it is is so good that. Yeah, it kind I of think justifies that's fair. that. Greg, what about you? Is it still sixty dollars? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I think so. I hope so. Oh uh, well, since Vito said it was a short, non-replayable game, uh, probably six. All right. Fair enough. Vito, before we start recording, you mentioned to me that you had a list of questions. Do you have any item on the, items on that list that weren't addressed that you think we can? Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of, like, lore questions, um, if you guys feel like throwing your two cents in, or what you're, you know, this is definitely a theories thing. Yeah, sure, yeah, no, we're... So you want me to just go through them? Yeah, let's let's just march through them. Some of these have answers, and, you know, you might have picked up on them in the game, and some of them are open-ended, so you could say whatever. Um, why does the board talk in sentences slash code streams like this slash that? I think because their concepts that they're using, like in their language, don't apply one to one to our language, and they kind of touch on that with uh, one of the things when they explain the objects of power, they struggle to explain what the hell objects of power are to them. I think yeah. their words don't like translate into our concepts well enough, so they have to use like slashes to indicate it could be this, could be that, could be that. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I, and I, I've seen that convention in fiction before as well. And, yeah, in sci-fi mm-hmm. fiction. All right. Um, what is resonance? What context uh, is, is that, that used in, in the game? That, that that That's basically the game's description. Of, or it's quantum entanglement, right? Why the game describes as quantum entanglement. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, basically, there's, there's resonance that... There's different types of resonance. The hiss have a resonance. Um, I think Polaris has a resonance. There's uh, the black rock is a material that is found at Black Rock, black rock 
quarry, and the oldest house is made of black rock because it nullifies resonance. So it's like this, fo- it's like a force that dimensions have, and they have their own like unique like signature, I guess. Oh, I see. It's kind of like it's the, like the electromagnetism of that dimension. Magic. Yeah, right. It's like electromagnetism yeah. if it was like magic, and then I, you I have. HRAs, which are the devices that protect you from, I guess, enemy resonance. Yeah, they yeah. they amplify the resonance coming from Hadron, which nullifies the hiss resonance. Right. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah. Was... We, I, I was thinking of synchronicity, which is what it's basically quantum entanglement. The game calls it synchronicity. Right. Where um, they're talking about how. Things in the similar states the are actually in the same, and you know right. that could tie into the the themes of like those parallels between the hiss and Polaris and the board and form. yeah, I guess it does actually. <laughs> like that, your resonance cancels my resonance, but it's because we're so similar. We come from the same place. I don't know. Oh shit, and, dude! Th- that's actually interesting because that that implies if Jesse wins her conflict, then that should resonate, or you know, not resonate. God, this term, this terminology is annoying. Yeah. But... <laughs> Might that tie into your Jesse Dillon thing, Andy? I think so. Coming from the same place and like being one but se- split and separate and yeah. opposing. Yeah. Damn. That might just be grasping with straws, but that just connected. No, I, I think it definitely fits. <laughs> yeah, this this all could be a really well thought out lore, or it could be a bunch of just random science jargon. Things that sound like they should really go together. Cool. Yeah. Um. There was a fun bit on the HRAs where Darling's talking about when he first invented them, and I guess the uh, the bureau, the employees were fr- they didn't want to wear them, and uh, <laughs> he says that uh, HRAs are not for monitoring you and recording you. We do that regardless of if you're wearing. Yeah, an HRA. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, yeah. What, the next. All right, what are thresholds? Yeah. What are, What are thresholds? They're crossovers from other dimensions, I guess. They they're yeah. like events that uh, make dimensions kind of crossover a little bit. I, I viewed them as like kind of, kind of like ex, like weird expansions in space, like expansions in dimension. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So like Black Rock Quarry is a threshold, right? Yeah, because and... you can see the sky from inside from underground. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> super cool. Um. What is the Panopticon, and how does it work? Well, that's the containment uh, chamber. Well, the series like of a, containment chambers, but... It's like jail it for objects of power and altered objects. Right, So, but the way that it works is that the items... There was some collectible that was talking about how you can't just, like, lock up an altered item in a cell and expect it to, like, stay in there. What mm-hmm. they do is they... They worship the items, so like they're they're less jail cells and more like um, like an altar. And when the item feels like it's being respected and worshipped, it's more likely to like behave and stay where it is. Um, huh, that's cool. Hence, I guess it makes like sense that with guy the in the refrigerator. Yeah. So like the more the more you treat the item as like a special thing that you're containing and keeping it on display. Yeah, and I think and maybe like satisfy its requirements. Um, yeah. Like the guy in the refrigerator again, like someone needs to constantly watch it um, or, and perform the rituals that the item requires. Then you know, otherwise, like it's not like a simple jail where you could just lock it up and it'll stay there. 
Right. Well, yeah, I hence don't... why half of them break out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, what is the NSC we talked about already? What is the former? That Well, that's one of the mysteries. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the mysteries. I mean, if I were to guess, <clears throat> it's maybe some type of rebellious dissident entity of the same weird dimensional race that the board is probably a part of that mm-hmm. for some reason I, I i it might literally mean a former member of the board of whatever uh, this thing is that yeah, yeah, that is a dissident and is probably responsible for the hiss because it seems to be actively working against the machinations oh, that's of the board interesting. somebody I about if, well I don't, yeah Somebody well, I mean, I, I'm I just read... going with that, you know, kind of following the synchronicity thing. Like, it would make sense. The board is helping the director. The former is helping the hiss. Hmm. I, I read somebody, uh, somebody's theory that the former might be Trench. That's kind hmm. of interesting. Like, he's dead now, and now, he, I don't know, he takes the form of, he's the former director. I, I wouldn't certainly talk to that personally, but. Yeah, I don't know. Unless I read some um, really convincing argument. <laughs> yeah. What's up with uh, the use of Norse mythology, as in um, Ati? That uh, Ati, I believe, is a Norse god. Um, the, yeah, he's like god of the sea or something like that. I think Inanci is mentioned at some point. Uh, the at the foundation, there's a image of uh, Yggdrasil, the the tree, the, the Norse, tree of life. Uh, well, that, of life. That, yeah. I, I think that. Well, okay. I don't know if there's like. A specific purpose for there to be Norse stuff, other than some of it sounds cool. Like the Tree of Life reference specifically makes sense of the foundation because the Tree of Life is the foundation of life. You know what I mean? But why would it be represented as a image from Norse mythology? You know, you Yggdrasil is like not just. I mean, maybe it is from Norse mythology, but it's pretty ubiquitous symbol. Mm. The tree well, there's also um, the the gun that you pick up. Um, from Trench in the beginning of the, the game. The service weapon, yeah. The, ser- the service weapon is referred to as Majolner. It's referred to as a bunch of things. It basically yeah, Mjolnir, Mjolnir takes Mjolnir. its form based on like the time and the context, but it, at one point it was Majolner. Um, they, they talk about that. So, uh, there's a lot of references. I, I don't know if there's any mythology. specific ref- relevance to that. Maybe. I think maybe I mean, the developers just, um... are Finnish. <laughs> Yeah, uh, may- yeah, maybe, maybe there's some plan like myth and like things like like uh, mythical op, like Excalibur sword. Maybe that you know, you think of it as like a magic sword, but really it was just an object of power. Right. Yeah. I de- sure. Yeah, that's stuff. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know they're finished. That makes sense too. Like if they're gonna take, yeah, any kinda, exactly. They're gonna take some sort of weird European mythology. Fucking weirdos. Fucking freaks. Freaks. All right, it seems like we're getting to the to the scum of your list. You got much yeah, more. Yeah, I. Uh, I just have two more, um, and I'll just I'll just put in one question. Uh, where's uh, Doctor Casper Darling, and who is Ati? Well, those are things that we can't answer. Well, I'm saying, what are your what are your theories? Uh, I I don't know if we have it. Uh, okay, Ati seems to be actually a um, a facet of the oldest house, and I think Doctor Darling is at the foundation and or dead. Yeah, I feel like there's something that says that he went into another Projector? dimension or something. Well, right? well he I calls he you was... on the hotline at the very end of the game. So, like, you, right. you know that he's not of this world. Because, like, the hotline is specifically for, like, other dimensional beings and whatnot. Yeah, that's true. I, th- I think he went in the projector. That's possible. 
right, I think well, th- well the, the next DLC is going then. to take place at the foundation. Um, it's possible that you know we deal with Darling there. And it's also possible that um, well, I think it's probable that Marshall is going to return and be a big character in that DLC. Right, she disappeared. She just disappears at some point inexplicably after the first phase of the game. And probably Ati as well. That's all my questions. Alright, well, uh, before we wrap up, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some theories and sequel predictions. Um, I guess let's talk about the Foundation first, DLC. The confirmed DLC. Well, so, is that the Foundation? Did we see the Foundation? I know it was referenced at one point. Yeah, we yeah, were there. It's the, oh, yeah, uh, okay. It's the bottom of the... Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh... I have no idea what to expect from that. I mean, I, I imagine a lot of these questions about the board, the former, you know, darling, whatnot, might be answered there. I would appreciate if we've got some, like, insight, but not explanation, you know? Yeah. I, I have a feeling we're going to get more Ati, a lot more Ati. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. Especially because he's a fan favorite, I'm sure. Ati's really cool. Yeah. Uh... My big theory for the game, and I think Flask independently arrived at this, and I, I was expecting this enough that I was actually kind of surprised it was not talked about. I'm pretty sure Jesse and Dylan, at some point, were the same person. For, like, it does seem to be... Probably before the slide projector event. But there's enough hints at it that if that's not what's going on, it's got to be close. Like, um, I guess I'll just go... My list of evidence. Uh, Dylan at one point explicitly like points out to you. Don't you think it's weird that I'm I'm paraphrasing? This isn't the exact quote. Don't you think it's weird that um, Jesse and Dylan could both be a name for a boy and a girl? The strongest piece of evidence is is Dylan tells Jesse that he had a dream where he was an only child named Jesse Dylan Faden. The hiss. At one point, one of their chances, you are the only child, something like that. Um, and Dylan is kind of like referencing these things, hinting these things to you, yeah, like right before he goes into a coma for the rest of the game. So we never really have the chance for that to be answered to us. Um, there's there's a lot of intrigue there with how the slide projector thing went down, and how that could be related to. Whether yeah, there's we get, one person or not. We get like hearsay about that rather than actual explicit evidence. It's right. all just like reference to it, documents or people interviewing other people about it. it there's no concrete stuff from back then. And it makes me like, feel like they're hiding something. Like the be. So the stated series of events as I recall is Jesse and Dylan find this thing, they turn on the slide projector. They start an AWE. They stop the AWE. Jesse starts burning the slides. The Federal Bureau of Control arrives and takes Dylan. Jesse runs away. And yeah, she is possessed by Polaris, or she's, you know, Polaris inhabits her. And she gets away somehow. So, okay. Why does the Bureau just let her go? Never chase her down over like the twenty some years or whatever. Well, they were following her. 
I mean, yeah, they, were, they, yeah, why, they didn't capture her though. They were just watching her. So what's the difference between her and Dylan there? You know what I mean? Yeah, is it just like the sheer amount of power. Capture and like for, why for is some there reason power they they figured Dylan was a uh, a subject, uh, a possible future director, and Jesse wasn't. Or no, I don't know. But that's the weird thing because Trench was desperate to get another director it, in line after him. So it's strange that he wouldn't go after as many possible candidates. You know. As and, it could. It, and, and it sounded like like they knew about. I, I I don't know. It sounded almost like they knew about Jesse, but that for some reason, it wasn't in their consideration for some time that she could be a director as well. You don't think and, it's because she's a woman, right? Well, they did know. <laughs> there, there were there were some um, collectibles. It was like um, therapy sessions that were right. like it was actually the you know the, the whatever the group. Right, like they, but I, they I'm didn't talking know about. about or you mean when they were like very, very young when they first like? I'm talking about yeah, like age, like they're they're age six or seven or whatever. Right. Why is it that they pick Ten up Dylan 11. immediately and they fucking kidnap him, take him away from his life, uproot him to train him to be this thing, and they seem to keep tabs on her? At some point in in her life, they start keeping tabs on her. Like it seems like probably in her t- late teens or adult life even, but like. You know, why why not like why pick up Dylan? Why not pick up Jesse as well? And like what's up with these references to them being the same person or like an only child and everything, you know, the androgynous names. Yeah, now that you brought all that up. I mean I didn't catch all that because I really I guess I wasn't paying as much attention to that the the main plot. I was really into the the world building, but I mean I think that's pretty on the nose that they had to be the same person or something similar to that. I told Flask, like, this is, you know, just taking the theory and running with it, but I I was almost expecting the final sequence before the credits would be you cut to see a bit of the ordinary AWE. Specifically, you see a fire burning, and you see a little girl, Jesse throwing slides into the fire, and you find that one of the slides is named Split. <laughs> we'll see. I also think it would, I also think it would uh, play into, like, the some of the things we were themes we were talking about and sort of narratively be be interesting and kind of twisty if like so the like control i feel is about in terms of jesse she she's she becomes director right away and then like fills into that role you know right right like now she's completely in control she she fulfilled the role that her brother was supposed to fill and i feel like it would be an interesting turn for her character to learn that she like never should have existed but that she's doing it anyway. She's like making making her place in the right, world anyway. Right, right. Taking control of, of yeah. her her know, destiny. Yeah, yeah. Of reality. Also the game's called control. Did you guys catch that? Oh shit. Uh, it's not called Con- so, control. SCP. The more I think about Con- it, what I'm thinking is happening. Alright, here here's what I'm thinking happened. I think that Dylan was an only child. Dylan somehow the slide projector got split into two. Some fucked up shit happened. Jesse maybe maybe during the split or maybe right afterwards, Jesse burned the slides and ran away. The direct like maybe the maybe the bureau came upon the scene after Jesse arrived. Or after Jesse had departed to find Dylan there and weren't aware 
of Dylan's that Dylan had a quote unquote sister because his parents weren't aware. I don't. I, no, no, that's, yeah, I mean, if she shouldn't exist, so they weren't looking for somebody who doesn't exist. Yeah, but then who raised her, right? Like, what the fuck did she do until she was like she was a twenty-something-year-old right? girl like, running away? Yeah, an orphan. Did they mentioned that. Yeah, she was an orphan, right? Oh, was she? Oh, okay, she was. I, on I the run think time, so. Yeah. She was homeless on the run. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, may, maybe that's the thing. Like, they they don't have any reason to think they exist. Maybe Dylan talks about her. And they just think Dylan's talking about Polaris or the Hedron or, or whatever. Crazy or something. Right. And then eventually they, wait, like, I don't know how they would ever discover it, but maybe, maybe Jesse, uh, well, maybe, maybe it's even like as simple as like Jesse says him. something to the wrong person who like just happens to be right. affiliated with the Bureau who's like, They have hey. like feelers out maybe in the world. Exactly, yeah. yeah I mean, they, they do reconnaissance and they see somebody's on their trail. Someone's looking for the Bureau, which is supposed to oh, be Oh yeah, I guess the players hidden... would be guiding her there too. Yeah, but then and again, the no, that doesn't even make sense. Manhattan, right? It's well, like, yeah, uh, because but but it's not like there was a there's a trail of finding the bureau. Like it, the oldest house, literally, once you know about it, you see it. Like that's the whole thing. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I, I don't yeah. think it's as simple as that. I think it that's true, but I also think that you you have to know like, about it and and expect to see it or something like that. Yeah, like you have to basically already be a part of it to come. You gotta to believe. It. Yeah. That's pretty much um, the the biggest theory I walked away with, and kind of like we were talking about with some of your questions and the DLC predictions. Uh, the way the game left most <laughs> of the threads dangling uh, makes it hard to see where that's going. But I, I was pretty surprised that that wasn't revealed. But Dylan ends the game in a coma, and so I, I think it is something that is going to be a major plot point in the next game. And I think it could tie into the whole Polaris hiss thing, like parallels, yeah. as I was saying before. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, can I mention some, one other thing about Meta? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, this game is just like straight up a sequel to Alan Wake. And uh, the second expansion, the image they released for it, is very clearly a reference to Alan Wake. Oh, I haven't seen uh, that. Yeah, the first one is called Foundation, the first expansion. Second one's called Awe, A-W-E, Ultra mm-hmm. World Event. And it looks like Alan Wakey, like a light and a fog thing. Oh, my God. So you it's, think it's literally it's, going to be an Alan Wake sequel type I thing? I am feeling it. It might I'm happen. I'm looking at it. It looks exactly cool. like the Alan Wake box art. That reminds yeah. me, you know, I was going to say that one solid prediction I have for a sequel is it's going to go global, or at least, you know, it's going to <laughs> expand in scope in a large way. I, I don't think you're going to do the one large location thing anymore. So going to locations like different AWEs like that, maybe that's yeah. a little bit of taste of that. That'd be cool. Or, or the entire world is altered. Altered world event! <laughs> you didn't expect that. Oh, it's 100% going to be an Alan Wake cross. There are thing. certainly a lot of references to Alan Wake in the game. There's like so many documents and even Alan Wake appears. Yeah, but you're in a forest. There's a guy with a flashlight in the picture. There's yeah, also yeah, someone yeah. who looks like they're swimming. Didn't somebody end up in a lake at the end of Alan Wake? I think it was Alan Wake. It yeah, was Alan, Alan Wake in the lake. lake. Alan Wake at the lake. Wake, Alan Wake in the lake. Thanks, Sam. Elf lake. on the shelf. It's not a lake. <laughs> it's an altered world event. Wait, did photo mode already come out? Yeah, I have it on the, on the PlayStation. And I didn't use it because I don't use photo mode in games because yeah, I'm not some kind of weirdo. But, but, um, photo nice. mode in real life. 
I use photo mode in real life, yeah. But um, it's a fucking great photo mode, and I've seen some pictures that are super mm. cool. I mean, it's like it's like Spider Man's photo photo mode. Better than that. Nice. All right. Uh, the last score I'm going to ask you guys to give me. I have a label as the reviewer's tilt score. Simply speaking, you know, if you think this game is better than the sum of its parts. You think it just comes together really well. And overall, your gut instinct, you know, this is the goodness meter. Then give it above a five. And if you think that overall the game doesn't come together very well, that some of the really bad parts just make it not that fun to play and the gut feeling is that you just don't feel like you like the game, below a five. And, you know, five is about neutral. So, you know, without having much time to think about it, Flask, watch your tilt when you say above or below you're still saying like a number in there or something yeah sorry i'm saying out of 10 yeah okay okay uh you know i think it's like even though there's some parts that are weaker i think it's as a package super cohesive i'm I'm gonna give it uh i'm gonna give it a a nine eight nine eight yeah i think it's a very cohesive package give it an eight five 8-5. 8-5. Vito. I give it a... I give it an 8. I'm going to give it a 10. Just a 1-up plus. Um, That's cheating. Greg? Oh, 7. <laughs> Alright. Fair. Now, um... One second while I do the math. Flask. Uh, uh, fill the fill the time. We can't have dead air. Okay. Uh, um, what was expeditions? New game mode. What was that? Huh? Huh? In between on this content roadmap, in between photo mode and the foundation, it says expeditions. New game mode. What was that? Uh, what I is that? See that? Oh, that's December. What is that? Uh, DLC. Oh, new game mode. Oh, uh, probably just like new game plus or something, right? Oh yeah, probably. That's what my. I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's what it is, but that's my I guess. I there's guess not a new game plus, right? Right now, like you get to start the game, but you start with all your powers. Is there? No, there's no, nothing no. Like that. No, that, that's probably no. right. if I had to. If I had to guess. Vito. Yep. Would you recommend this game? A hundred percent. You gave I, it seven point nine two out of ten. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what is that? I, 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 you know, scores are fucking weird. What does that mean? On John, our metric? do we have a metric? Would you recommend this game? It's gonna pass over me. It's gonna <laughs> pass over me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. You gave it an eight point oh eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Flask, would you recommend this game? I would for sure. And you gave it an eight point three. Okay. And I gave it an 8.25. Would you uh, recommend it? You guys are shills. What did Greg give it? I, I would definitely recommend it, and I was going to get to that at the very end. Well, um, yeah, what did I give this game? Greg gave the game a 6.83, so in over the last two <laughs> hours, we thoroughly managed to convince Greg not to play it. No, uh, I'd say, um, <laughs> if I... Uh, the, I'd the probably categories are made up, and the points don't matter. Yeah. Um, uh, that was mostly me just kind of wanting to see 
how well yeah. we we calibrated it. You know what I mean? Fuck score. Um, real quick, uh, expeditions. Apparently, they're like challenge modes. Yeah, I was just looking oh, at that. Cool. Apparently, it's a challenge mode. All right, certain modifiers and stuff. Fellas, I feel like we uh feel like we can put a fork in this thing. She done fork. Anybody else got any last remarks on the video game control? Uh, no. The Japanese meditation sensory deprivation voice is Hideo Kojima. Oh, that's cool. Oh that, shit, that's a good last <laughs> remark. And and with that. If you want to email us to have your question appear on some of our podcasts, uh, you can email us at brokencampfire@gmail.com. Um, the intro music today uh, was "Take Control" by the Old Gods of Asgard, also featured in the video game. Um, you can see our video content, which right now includes a Fatal Frame and Death Road to Canada YouTube series on at YouTube.com/slash/BrokenCampfire. Um, and our podcast, Broken Campfire, is what you're listening to right now. And what? as always, Greg, give us the last word. What? Hey, man. Yeah. Have a good one, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>